All right, this is Craig F., and I'm recovered, and I live in uh, uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come to you tonight uh, and share. Uh, I like this meeting. I don't get here as often as I'd like. I'm kind of committed to a different meeting in the evenings. But um, my story is uh, my story. I don't know if it's typical or not, but I... I, I believe I was born a compulsive overeater, but a lot of the uh, the uh, uh, results of the disease, a lot of the effects of the disease didn't begin, to, like being overweight, didn't begin to show themselves for a long time uh, for various reasons. One, um, my uh, a mother who was from a, had been raised in the depression in a family of, of 15 kids, uh, 16, but one passed. Um, she, my mother, uh, used to control our food portions. She put the food on our plate and uh, dictated what we ate, and we got this much and nothing more. So if we got more than that, uh, I had to sneak it or or engineer for it somehow, uh, and and I constantly did that. And I look forward to. Uh, family dinners like Thanksgiving and Christmas and those sorts of things because I knew or potluck dinners at the church was another one where I could sneak around and really get my food bag on and and uh, you know but it wasn't enough to really show up as weight and then I was active as a kid uh, we lived in the country I we I hunted I fished I played basketball I played baseball I played football uh, ran track. I, I was active year round, and so, in spite of that attitude, uh, it didn't start showing up as weight until uh, I turned uh, 16. Uh, and in Kansas, and that's where I grew up. Uh, at 16, you got an unrestricted driver's license. I'd had a restricted license up till then. It was to and from school, to and from church, uh, agricultural errands. Uh, before that, but at 16, I could go anywhere I wanted, and I had a job. I was working at a grocery store, which is a great place to work if you're a compulsive eater, and uh, I uh, uh, was able to, uh, with money in my pocket and a car to drive, uh, I was able to feed my compulsion, and I came back from that summer, uh, my junior year of high school, and weighed in for football, at 240 pounds, I'm six foot four, and the coach said, "Time to go on a diet. We need, I need you down to 220 for basketball season, and uh, you know it'll prove your speed for football too. So uh, we need to get you on a diet." So I went on a diet that my mother and I concocted, and and uh, I uh, uh, it was not a very well thought out thing. On my part, I didn't realize that. Uh, that uh, the calories I drank counted, but uh, I lost the weight nonetheless. The activity, the you know, three hours of football practice every day, uh, didn't take much, and I took the weight off and got down to 220, and I managed to keep that till I got out of out of high school. And you know, uh, there's it's kind of an unfortunate thing for me. I think that it works so easily because. I got the idea that uh, I could fix, you know, if I got a little over, I could fix it anytime I wanted, and and that, that proved to be untrue later on. Uh, I got married young. I, I got my girlfriend uh, 
pregnant and in trouble, we used to call it. Uh, I was a, a beginning of my sophomore year of college. She was still a senior in high school. Uh, we got married October that year. Um, she miscarried on her wedding night, but uh, we got pregnant again and had a baby the following July. Um, I my weight took off. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Uh, you know, from the time from I, I hit uh, I hit 300 by the time I hit 30, I hit 400 by the time I hit 40, and all through those 20 years. Uh, I battled this disease. I didn't even know I had a disease. I just battled my weight, uh, and, and I did everything I could. You know, I did the pain ways. I I did uh, cabbage soup cleanses. That was one of our favorites. My ex-wife would was in it with me, but we we would go for two weeks of eating nothing but cabbage soup, and you'd lose some weight, and you know whatever. And uh, you know, I did those. I did a 500 calorie day diet with the hormones distilled from the urine of pregnant women and, and all those insanity things, you know, uh, the, uh, 500 calorie a day diet included amphetamines. I was in architectural school at the time and, uh, uh university, uh, university of Kansas, go Jayhawks. And, uh, I, uh, uh, was, um, uh, going up to school one night and I, uh, uh, was my hands were trembling uh, from the amphetamines and from everything else, I think. And, you know, I'd lost 50 pounds, you know, in the 500 cows. I think at that point I'd gone 290 down to 240 again. And I, I, uh, I said, maybe I'll stop and I'll get some herbal tea and that'll calm my hands down. And, and I went in the grocery store to get the herbal tea and they had little sandwich cookies on sale at the counter. And I thought, well, I'll get a package of those and I'll break my diet a little bit. I'll eat two or three of those cookies and I'll take the package up to the studio and let the other students have them, uh, you know, have the rest of them. And as you can well imagine, um, I, eating those first couple of cookies triggered the allergy and the package of cookies did not make it to the studio. They were gone when I pulled in up there. They were gone, and there were cookie crumb cookie crumbs all over me. And I, I, uh, uh, you know, but I was able to hold my hands still, and I was able to do my my drafting work and uh, get my project done. But uh, you know, uh, all, I think all of those insane things that I did had an effect on me. You know, they, they, I think they damage, we damage ourselves and don't even realize it with some of those extreme things we go through. And, and, uh, the last diet I tried, the last big diet I tried was, uh, called the drinking man's diet. And it was a small steak and a shot of whiskey three times a day. And I lost weight, but boy, does that bind you up. And, what a mess. My brother-in-law and I were doing, well, I was, I was buddy diet buddies. My brother-in-law and I were doing that together and he passed out on the toilet and I had to break a window and put my son in through the bathroom window to get him pulled off the, he was slumped against the door and get it, to get in the bathroom to get him out. My mother-in-law threw a fit and I quit, we quit that diet. But, uh, anyway, I, I, I was getting up and I, I, I hit, I went to the doctor, and this was uh, I'm getting close to 40 now. And I went to the doctor, and 
and a nice little it was an HMO thing and a nice little female doctor and and uh, I stood on the scale and I hit I was over 400 pounds for the first time and this doctor gave me a talking to and told me that uh, told me that I was going to drown in my own juices that was the word she used and I'll never forget that and it scared me to death and uh, you know I'm sitting there at 400 pounds and she tells me that and I clenched my teeth and gritted, or gritted my teeth and clenched my fist. And I said, that's all I needed. I'm, I'm ready to do this. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I left there with all that willpower and determination screwed up to the max. And, and uh, I passed one fast food restaurant and passed another one. It was lunchtime. And I stopped at the third one and got two hamburgers and said, I'll start in the morning. And, of course, I couldn't start in the morning, and it, I had to be in OA for a while before I realized what happened to me. Uh, you know that that she scared me. I, I was full of fear, and and I don't uh, I couldn't handle the fear, and and I I ate I think I believe in, in order to to uh, make the fear go away to tamp the fear down. You know, in the doctor's opinion, in the in the in the big book, it says. Uh, Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices, and I think sometimes frothy emotional appeal actually triggers us. You know, when we start getting being made afraid of where we're where we're at and where we're going. Um, so those are some of the things that I had to go through and experience in order to get here. Um, I, I I got to the got to the four hundred pounds. I I. Uh, uh, my uh, wife wanted out for that and other reasons. Um, the marriage had been not going well, and I probably wasn't the best, probably. I, I had to qualify that with probably. I wasn't the best husband in the world. I was immature. She was immature. Uh, things were just not uh, not good. But she went to a counselor, and the counselor, uh, the counselor gave her the courage to get out of the marriage. And... Uh, we were living in Arizona at the time, and the, and uh, we had a minor child still. The second son was still underage, and in Arizona at the time, in order to get a divorce, if you had a minor child, you had to show you'd try to save the marriage by going to counseling, in order to get the judge to grant it. And uh, so she'd been going to counseling, and and uh, I got an appointment, and I went, and uh, I sat and talked to this guy for an hour, and and. I I was truthful with him about some things and that I had to be, but I, I I know looking back on it, I I couldn't be truthful because I didn't know the truth, you know. I I I, I, I couldn't hadn't admitted anything to myself yet, and let alone to him. And after an hour, he said, uh, "Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Overeaters Anonymous, and when you've been going for a year, he said maybe you come back and see me when you're ready to be honest with me." And, I wanted to hit him, you know. I I, I I was a barroom brawler when I was younger, and I thought I could whip my weight in Wolverines anyway. And I, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to back slap him, but uh, that's what he said. And I and and uh, I left, and I went to an OA meeting, and and I, I actually had to fly back to Allentown, Pennsylvania, where I was living at the time. 
and I went to a, I went to an OA meeting on a Monday night, and uh, the I heard a speaker that I didn't really identify with. I thought she was kind of crazy, and and uh, you know I, I just didn't hear it. So um, I had to fly back to Arizona to take a deposition and uh, help take a deposition and uh, that week and then fly back. And so uh, while I was in Arizona that second time, my uh, ex now ex-wife finally said, we're not just thinking about a divorce. I, I want out uh, and handed me a letter that she dropped me off the airport. You know, those were drinking days uh, those and eating days, those days on the airplane. But uh, that day I sat there and saw the kind of the bankruptcy in my life. And I, and I went back to, to Pennsylvania and I went to that same meeting again. And this time I heard a spot, uh, uh, a, a woman speak that I just, uh, it went straight to my heart. And she talked about the whole inner soul. Uh, most people have heard that, you know, where, she tried to fill it with relationships. She tried to fill it with diet coke. She tried to fill it with food. She tried to fill it with drugs. Nothing filled the hole in her soul because it was a god-sized hole. And uh, I identified with that. I tried all those things. You know, I tried to fill that hole in my soul, and nothing had given me satisfaction, not lasting satisfaction. And and uh, so um, I actually tried for probably one of only four or five times in my life that night listening to her. I got tears in my eyes and I got a sponsor that night and I started working a program and he, he had me doing the steps. And I wish I could say that was 32 years ago last March. And I wish I could sit here in front of you and tell you that I had 32 years of abstinence, but I do not. I, uh, um, uh, uh, I worked it as a food plan. I worked it as a, a dieting with group support plan. Um, I did this. I tried to do the steps, but I kept procrastinating things. I got to the fourth step, and my sponsor relapsed. And I got a gal that was more of a food sponsor than anything, and and we really didn't work the steps. And uh, uh, but I I was so happy to have found any kind of solution that uh, I I went from 410 where I what where I entered OA down to uh, 260 uh, in, in that first year. And then I had to move, and I moved here. Uh, that job was through, and I found a job here, and I moved here. And, and things didn't go real smooth, but I stayed abstinent for a while. And I, I, uh, um, started to, I, was, I started to pick up a two-year chip, and I didn't. And... And because I knew I'd messed up, I'd changed my food plan. So I uh, uh, I went through a whole period of 20 years or so of uh, a, a bad relationship, or let's just say it's challenging. It was great in a lot of ways, wonderful woman, great relationship in a lot of ways, but I wasn't ready to handle it, and I wasn't ready to handle how it ended. And uh, But I... I would get 60 days or I'd get it six months or I'd get a week and, and I'd relapse. And so I went through the familiar story of, uh, of the OA two step, you know, one, two relapse, one, two relapse. And I danced that dance and I danced that dance all the way up to 520 pounds. 
And, uh, you know, uh, missed a lot of life. Uh, missed a lot of life. I'm still missing a lot of life because uh, it's not all off yet. But uh, I uh, I got to the point where I was sitting here in this my house, the same house I'm in now. One morning I got up to get ready for work and I uh, I, I uh, sat down in my easy chair and I didn't have the strength in my legs to stand up. And uh, it was because I had a septic infection and the lymphedema in my legs, but I didn't find that out until I got to the hospital. But I had a cell phone and finally after a few hours of trying, uh, I was hard-headed. I called my son to come help me and he called his mother, uh, the woman with the, that I'd been in a relationship with, and, and um, uh, she said, she called me back and said, if you're too weak to get up, you're going to the hospital. Are you going to call an ambulance or am I? And I called the ambulance and told them where I was and what I was on the floor by that point and couldn't get up. And they, they sent an ambulance and they... Uh, sent six big firemen here with a tarp and they rolled me under a tarp and they put me on a gurney and they put me in an ambulance and, and uh, took me to the hospital where the doctor told me that I had a 25% chance of dying in the next three weeks. I, I wanted her to just give me the antibiotics and send me home because I was too important, you see, not to be at work. I have an ego. And, uh, uh, but she wouldn't do that. She told me I had a 25% chance of, of, of dying in the next three weeks if they didn't treat me right. And then uh, uh, she told me that even if the antibiotics worked, that I had a, a 40% chance of the infection coming back, which means the antibiotics wouldn't work, and they'd probably have to take start taking my legs off at the knees. And uh, that sobered me. Uh, that sobered me up. And my friend... Uh, my the mother of my child, uh, my youngest son, uh, the uh, uh, my program friend now said to me that she'd been going to Vision for you, and gave me a phone number uh, for that and a phone number for a man to sponsor me, and I called him and and uh, he grabbed a hold of me and uh, he'd lost. He 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 lost. Uh, he was from 700 down to 220, so he'd lost like 500 pounds in the program. And uh, he grabbed a hold of me and he took me through the steps. And he did it. And we did it in three weeks. And he'd have probably gone faster, but I'm a little hard-headed at times. And I was in the hospital three weeks. And by the time I got home from the hospital, I was doing my amends. I was doing my ninth step amends. And you know that's that was a uh, that's going to be seven years if I make it to uh, October, and uh, I've been absent ever since. And I, you know, and I've lost a lot of weight. I, I've lost about 130 pounds in that period of time. Um, it's been slow at times, and I, I've, I've had a heart attack. I've had uh, two intestinal uh, uh, hospitalizations, one surgery. Uh, I had. Uh, uh, a, a severe reaction to a, to a uh, the vaccine. You know, I've, I've had a lot of medical issues. I've had a pacemaker put in and a filter put in my heart and all those things. But through all that, I've, I've managed to stay abstinent. And, uh, you know, um, 
that, that's by the grace of God and the help of this program. And, and, you know, I, I sponsor a lot of guys and, and that, that, I don't know if I do them any good. All right. I, I don't know if that, if it, I do them any good some days, but I know that it does me a lot of good and, and it keeps me abstinent and it keeps me coming back. And, and, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm semi-retired now. I, I work about five or six hours a day usually. And, and, uh, you know, I just sponsor a lot of guys and I just make that my life mission. And, uh, you know, without this program, I think I would be completely lost. So, uh, anyway, I, I appreciate the opportunity to share and uh, give you an outline of my story. If you want to hear more or talk to me more, my phone number is area code 918-671-3863. And I'll leave you with a topic. And the topic is this. It's always surrender. And the topic is always surrender and acceptance. What is it going to take for you to surrender and accept? And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks.